0: gibberish
1: cicadas hair loss welcome to knickknack news i'm anthony
0: and i'm alex and my first story today is technology news this is from cnn.com and the headline is, Airplane Cabin Concepts That Could Change Flying, <laughs> Crystal Cabin Awards 2020. <laughs> it's more new airplane technology! <laughs>
1: have we covered the Crystal Cabin Awards before?
0: I think we did one time. I, yeah. But I can't remember if it was like the 2019 version or the 2020 shortlist before they canceled everything because of the pandemic. Gotcha. I don't remember.
1: Yeah. It just sounded familiar and also like something you would have covered before. Yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> So (laughs) uh, for many of us, it's been over a year since we actually saw the inside of an airplane cabin, offering a hint of what we've been missing and a glimpse of what's to come are the winners of the latest Crystal Cabin Awards, which champion the most innovative and exciting ideas in airplane interiors. The lengthy shortlist of nominees was actually announced back in January of 2020, but the results uh, were scheduled to be revealed at the 2020 Aircraft Interiors Expo, which was supposed to happen in March, but then COVID swept through the world and then these <laughs> events were put on hold.
1: Swept uh, through everything.
0: <laughs> uh, so fast forward a year and the designers have finally been honored at a virtual sh- uh, ceremony. Among this year's winners is Electric Jet Alice, which won in the Cabin Concepts category. I guess Alice is like a company or a name of like these electric okay. planes. <laughs> I had never heard of it. Alice was recognized for its innovative cabin interior, which can transport up to nine passengers over a distance of 1,000 kilometers. So it's just like a short distance small plane. Seats inside the Alice Jet will be arranged in a reverse herringbone seating arrangement, meaning all guests will face towards the jet's large windows. So, and I I have some photos of some of these things. So that's just that. They just it's like angled seats, so that you're kind of just like looking out the window. Oh. And it's just a little plane and they're um the Alice planes are all electric so they're like new. That looks nice cuz you don't have stuff. to like
1: interact with the people you're sitting next to at yeah, all. Yeah,
0: you don't have to even really be sitting next to somebody. Or even look at them. They're across the aisle. Yeah, I like that. You don't have to look at anybody. <laughs> <laughs> In the visionary concepts category, Airbus was recognized for its next generation cabin concept called Airspace Cabin Vision 2020. Okay. This cabin design offers flexible seating and digitally enabled environment, a digitally (laughs) enabled environment, (laughs) including optional pre-programmed seat recline preferences, as well as overhead luggage cabins that light up red or green, depending on whether they're full or empty. Oh, that's such a good idea. I know. Also, why isn't that already a thing?
1: Have you? I mean, they have that at like some parking garages. I have seen that, yeah, which is like which also which should just also be a thing at any parking yeah. garage. But it's so nice. <laughs>
0: I digress. It's such an awesome, nice idea, and it seems like not that hard to like implement to even yeah. like retrofit an existing plane. Yeah, you with don't that, need new
1: technology to do that,
0: <laughs> right? So it's just like wow. Okay, um, so this is the picture that goes with that. So it's this like. Totally different. Oh, thing. looks <laughs> oh,
1: like, like that looks like a modern office concept.
0: Oh, yeah, kind of a little bit. Now I don't like it as it's much. Like the
1: future of cubes <laughs> in the air.
0: <laughs> it's funny that you say that because one of the other designs here is like kind of office inspired. Um, but I'll get to that later. In this year's passenger comfort hardware category, the Crystal Cabin Awards recognized saffron seats modular s economy seat designed to make economy more comfortable via add-ons including a neck support and a tablet holder i was less excited about this one i mean it's just like a tablet holder on the tray table and then this like neck brace thing which like is that really comfortable (laughs) is that really a good thing
1: that just looks like a regular (laughs) seat with like some extra stuff glued on
0: (laughs) i know like i feel bad saying that but like the neck holder, like, look, that does not look comfortable. Like, no, what is it that? it
1: Kind of looks like a torture chamber device or something. <laughs> it's
0: like, it's like you must place your neck <laughs> in this spot to only. It's like, whoa, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't knock until I try it. Also nominated in this category, which personally I think should have won, was Sierra Crawford's uh, row one seat, an airplane seat that allows a wheelchair to be fitted seamlessly into the row, promoted, promoting a more accessible airplane experience. So here is that photo. It's like. It's like a oh, okay. like a special kind of wheelchair that like attaches to the seat apparatus so that you can just like go into the spot you need to be in really easily.
1: It's really nice, and even just from a logistical standpoint, it's easier probably to get people in wheelchairs on and off of the airplane than, mm-hmm. that way.
0: Yep. In the university category, which I don't know why that's. It's just like college students, I oh, guess. Is okay. that what that category I don't know what that is. I, I the university, you, the asked, university. you asked me like I have any yeah, idea. I, I don't know Probably, why, why you I would I don't know. Maybe it's planes went to college. <laughs> I, I should have looked this up. Okay. <laughs> the University of Cincinnati, Woot, Ohio, came out on top with a coffee house style design, a concept that reimagines how business travelers might work in flight. So this, I remember seeing this photo. So I think that this actually was like... Partially part of whatever the last time we talked about this, but I'll show you that one. So
1: That does look familiar. Doesn't that look familiar? Yeah. Yeah. It looks real. I've definitely seen that. I
0: think we, <laughs> I think, yeah. So they they designed, so I'll describe, they designed it like, so there's the normal like two rows on the outside of seats. And then in the middle, there's actually like a, it almost, they make it look like it, there's this big, long conference like, table almost, right. and people sitting across from each other. And you can like have your laptop and like a desk in the, in the center of the plane instead of just being one aisle.
1: Yeah. Makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. I could like tons of people would want to see like that. I think that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Still to be announced is the judge's choice award and the clean and safe air travel categories. <laughs> <Two> <laughs> what prizes. are they waiting for? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Two prizes dreamed up in the wake of the pandemic and designed to recognize the impact of COVID-19 on aviation. So these will be presented, I guess at the actual Expo, the rescheduled expo, which is going to happen this year in August in Hamburg, Germany. Hmm. So, yeah, that is the full update on the Crystal Cabin Awards.
1: How, it's so prestigious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it sounds prestigious. It really does. But, but is it? But <laughs> I don't know. Sure.
1: <laughs> My first story is Animal News. <laughs> this is from vox where billions of cicadas will emerge this spring and over the next decade in one map
0: oh they have a map of they this. they have a map
1: which is as you know podcasts are perfect for visual things <laughs> um but uh can still talk about the cicadas we can so i'm going to do that now uh for 17 years cicadas do very little they hang out in the ground, drinking sap out of tree roots, then, following this long hibernation, they emerge from the ground, sprout wings, make a ton of noise, mate, and die within a few weeks. It's a really exciting life they <laughs> leave. Um, their progeny will then return to the ground and live in the uh live the next seventeen years in silence so <laughs> a little grim intro yeah. there, but um, over the next several weeks, billions of mid-Atlantic cicadas will emerge from underground. This year's group, born in 2004, is known as Brood X. They'll start their journey to the surface when soil temperatures reach around 64 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, so this group will be seen in Maryland, Delaware, Pennsylvania, Indiana, Ohio, and eastern Tennessee, but not the part of Ohio we're in. Um, apparently the last bro- the last. Instance of the brood that's near us happened in 2016, so we've still okay. we still got a little while before our next uh, case of cicadas. Um, but yeah, they appear every year on the East Coast, but it's a different 17-year crew that wakes up each time, as well as some 13-year broods uh, in the Southeast, which just confuses everything. Oh,
0: wait, there's 13-year. So the, yeah, ones? there's
1: 17 years and there's 13 years, and oh yeah, but. I think there's like three thirteen-year broods in like ten or eleven, seventeen-year. The map has that's them all. so confusing. The the, the previously <laughs> mentioned map. Okay. Yeah, and it's weird because the thirteen-year ones are all like set like to the south. So it's I don't know if it's a particular species or something that does yeah, it. Yeah, maybe. Um, so emerging in these humongous annual batches is likely an evolutionary strategy. Um, I think we've talked about these cicadas before in some capacity, um, but. Yeah, I think uh, so. They speculate it's because there are so many cicadas all at once. Predators can't make a meaningful dent in their numbers. There's literally too many of them to eat, so they continue to survive <laughs> just by <laughs> virtue of there being so many.
0: That's um, one way to do it.
1: Yeah. so It's a strategy. <laughs> um, and While their mating calls are loud and annoying, cicadas are one of nature's mysteries. No one knows how the cicadas are able to count to 17 years underground, or... I mean, obviously they're not sitting down there going one, two, three, like, but they don't know. We, we don't they know. They don't know
0: how they know what mechanism when to come out. Mm-hmm.
1: Like apparently they can tell by like changes to the sap and the tree that they're like drinking from, like what time of year it is. But, and and honestly, I don't know how they, how we even know that, but like, we don't know how they then like correlate that with 17 years.
0: Well, what, what couldn't it just be some type of physical change in their body or something that they're getting old?
1: It could be. Yeah. I I really don't know.
0: I would think that would be more like a, there's a natural instinct. Wait, cause didn't you say Don't they like mate and then like die right after. Mm-hmm. So what, maybe they just like have some type of natural urge to like, yeah, I got to procreate cause I'm getting old now I just, and that's why they come I out. I feel and,
1: like there isn't another creature that does that though. And like, it's, such an yeah, unusual it's
0: true. thing. It's true. Um Yeah, rock complete speculation. <laughs> right.
1: Um and I also wanted to mention, like, this article includes a really cool video that's like narrated by David Attenborough about like cicadas oh. and you can like it's got like a time lapse of them emerging from the ground and like crawling up a tree and molting and like and then just like <laughs> there's like a good three minutes of just the sound of it as, like, David Attenborough, like, talks about cicadas, and it's just, like, this screaming <laughs> in the background of the cicadas. Wow. But, uh, it's, a really, it's like, a five-minute long video. It's well worth watching. It's, it's really fascinating. Cool. Um, so highly recommend it.
0: Wow. All right. I'm ready for more cicadas. My next story is random local news. This is from the BBC.com. And the headline is Child Tweets Gibberish from a US Nuclear Agency Account. <laughs> I also purposefully picked the BBC version of this because I just thought it was because they're like in Britain and they're talking about, I, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Okay. The outside perspective. Yes.
0: A young child inadvertently sparked confusion last week by posting an unintelligible tweet to the official account of U.S. Strategic Command. (laughs) The agency is responsible for safeguarding America's nuclear weapons. Some social media users feared the account may have been hacked, but it was revealed that a young member of the account's social media manager's family was responsible for posting the tweet. The tweet said, colon L. Col- no semicolon L semicolon semicolon gmulksgza. and it was it was deleted almost immediately. But uh, it was up long enough for some people to see it. A spokesperson said the following about the event: The command's Twitter ma- manager momentarily left the command's Twitter account open and unattended. His very young child took advantage of the situation, and started playing with the keys, and unfortunately and unknowingly posted the tweet. Absolutely nothing nefarious occurred. (laughs) So the account was not hacked. It was an honest mistake.
1: Those weren't secretly the nuclear codes? Right. Okay.
0: This was not the secret password to the nuclear
1: To make bomb go boom? Yeah. Okay.
0: So we can all rest easy.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm definitely going to rest easy now, knowing that a child has that easy of access to such an important Twitter account.
0: I'm sure that the person has been probably reprimanded for leaving it open.
1: Yeah, I would would
0: imagine so. (laughs) Probably. Probably.
1: My next story is technology news. This is from the New York Post. YouTube is testing removal of the dislike counter on videos.
0: Oh, so they're going to follow in Facebook's footsteps.
1: Yeah, this is a continuation in our series on... Social media realizing maybe it's a bad idea for people to be able to say, I don't like this thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because, okay, it's like, well, not, that was different. Instagram hid likes. They hid likes altogether. Right. But, which is,
1: yeah, that was more related, I think, to like the content that people choose to post. Mm -hmm. Whereas this is more, well, I'll get into it. Yeah. I like So YouTube said in a statement on March 31st that some users may find the number of dislikes associated with their content now hidden in response to creator feedback around well-being and targeted dislike campaigns. So in this case, it's more like this is like promotes bullying and also like people could just. If they disagree with the product or something, they could just come in and just swarm it with a bunch of dislikes. Yeah. Like, that doesn't actually speak to the quality of the video, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, So, videos will continue to provide a dislike button for viewers, and the number of clicks is still being tallied on the back end, but the counter will not be displayed to the public. And the reason why will become clear in a second why they're leaving it. Uh, YouTube hopes that the change will engender more goodwill as cyber bullies will no longer be emboldened by amassing dislikes on their targets' content. Which makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Creators will still be able to see the exact number of likes and dislikes for their own content. um, And viewers can still like or dislike a video to share feedback with creators and help tune the recommendations they see on YouTube. So that's why they're leaving the button. Okay.
0: That makes sense. Makes
1: sense. People have kind of like rightfully pointed out it's kind of weird that the creator can still see that it's like their video has been disliked and that doesn't really help with the cyberbullying aspect of it. But I do think there's kind of like a like herd mentality when it comes to this kind of thing too, where it's like, oh, I see people are disliking this, I'm gonna pile on.
0: I agree. As opposed
1: to people just like, as opposed to people just expressing their own views yes whatever the content is so correct i think it's a good move um and having it there still for the analytics i think makes a lot of sense but
0: yeah yeah it does i don't
1: know i'm in support of anything like this i think so much social media has become so toxic and anything we can do to curb some of that
0: yeah i totally agree i and i yeah i think it is true it's like what okay well they just explained what functions you know, a dislike button might have for a user on social media, but being able to publicly see that, yeah it's not really...
1: There's no reason for people to be able to see, like, oh, this content is, like, massively disliked. Someone tried to say, like, it helps me determine whether I'm going to watch a video or not. It's like, okay, I've never used it for that reason. Yeah,
0: I've never used it for that either. I've never Um,
1: used it for anything, really, but... (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, wait, what have, do I even look at that? I don't
1: <laughs> I think I've looked at it before if like somebody points out in the comments like, oh, this YouTube, this video has a ton of dislikes I was like, oh, <laughs> then I'll like look at the number. but i
0: I guess I, like I, I sometimes really I've noticed it. if like the likes and dislikes are of similar size. yeah, I think that's kind of just an interesting mm-hmm. thing to note like right it's like, oh, oh wow. this is, this very is a controversial, controversial. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this must be like controversial for some reason. like yeah, usually that's been on like videos that are like joking. Like, you know, funny things. And if people like dislike it because they're like, that's not funny. Not in like a, that's offensive way. Like, you yeah. like, I just didn't like this kind right. of way. That's yeah. when I've seen that. But anyway, I, I just, I think it's fine. I think, you know, Facebook has done that for so long and it's been a good thing there, mm-hmm. I think. And Instagram has too, actually. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Cause there's no dislike on Instagram. Right. So, yeah. I think it's great. Do it. My next story is science news. This is from LiveScience.com. The headline is, How Stress Stops Hair Growth in Mice.
1: Uh-oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this, this does not bode well for most of us. Okay. So, when faced with incredible stress, people sometimes shed hair. But scientists don't know exactly why that is. Now, a new study in mice offers a clue. Stress hormo- hormones may put hair growth on pause. It's not good. Follicles, the specialized organs that sprout hairs, cycle through growth and rest stages where the follicle first actively produces new hair and then it falls dormant. In mice, chronically high levels of the stress hormone corticosterone, which is similar to the human hormone cortisol, uh, keep follicles in the rest stage for longer than usual, according to a new study published last week in Nature. This response prevents hair follicles from entering the growth stage, during which stem cells in the follicle would produce new hair. Specifically, corticosterone halts hair growth by plugging into a receptor on cells that sit beneath the base of each follicle and releases chemicals to regulate the hair cycle. Once plugged in, corticosterone blocks the production of a protein called GAS6, and without that protein, the hair follicle stem cells can't activate to start growing hair. This chain reaction may play out slightly differently in humans, but the mechanism may be very similar because rodent corticosterone and human cortisol belong to the same family of hormones and interact with the same kind of receptors. So um, if the mechanism pinpointed in mice also applies to people, in principle, treatments could potentially be developed to prevent stress-induced hair loss. But before jumping into that, scientists will need to sort out any differences between the mouse model and what actually happens in humans. But, like, the evidence is pretty strong that this probably also happens in humans.
1: Yeah. What did they do to stress out these poor mice? You know
0: what? I don't think, uh, it might have said this article was actually really, really long. And I just kind of took from the, like, high, like, (laughs) high level points. And I didn't read into all the detailed details of the study. So I don't
1: know. Okay. That kind of thing always makes me sad. (laughs) We're just like, oh, they have to stress out these poor mice to find out, like.
0: I don't know. I I have heard that in other I don't know if this was something we talked about here, or if it was just something I like read or encountered somewhere else, but that they will sometimes use like sense of like predators to make mice stressed out, uh-huh. which is sad. But yeah, like they didn't they don't like you know they might not have actually done like anything to them. A they're cat just like on them. yeah no like, no. <laughs> put a cat outside the cage it's like starts prowling and stuff they're like yeah. measuring i, yeah. I don't know i don't know i don't know i don't know
1: if the scent is that much better though
0: yeah I, well the
1: same reaction
0: yeah oh i don't know
1: i don't know It just makes me sad but that is interesting
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't mean to make you sad about the mice
1: it's okay i'm sure they're i'm sure they're all fine
0: i'm <laughs> i'm just worried about my own chronic stress and and whether i'm gonna lose all my hair later because of how often I'm just under chronic stress. There are yeah. so many physical things that I mean, it can do to you. I and guess. Just, one, just, more. Uh, just one more.
1: Just don't pull at your hair too much.
0: Okay. it sounds like it doesn't
1: in. like necessarily make it fall out. It just prevents it from growing back if it does. Or maybe I was misunderstanding.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> good question. That is the literal translation of what I said <laughs> <But> the, <laughs> the, the implication was the that headline, it would make it fall out. yeah,
1: the headline did like make it sound like his hair loss where yeah. it sounded like it was just like hair growth
0: they they it stops hair growth. For sure, yeah, that is so maybe parts of it were misleading, yeah, it stops hair from it stops your new hair from growing, yeah, but normal hair just falls out at some point anyway, Right. so it could it could thin your hair if like makes sense. your nor, your hair is falling out like normal and it's not growing back,
1: yeah, it's not like ejecting the hair from it's the not ejecting, edge- yes,
0: <laughs> the hair is not pff, eject it's not like you it's hitting an eject button, and the hair is poofing out of your scalp, be that is funny not though. happening
1: would be pretty funny. The- <laughs> My next story is science news. This is from Esquire. Humans will probably evolve to be venomous.
0: What? That's a new one.
1: It's a. It's kind of a, a misleading headline, I would say. Um, we're not
0: going to evolve to be crabs.
1: I, well, I did not say that.
0: Oh, okay.
1: We're definitely going to. We're going to evolve to be venomous crabs. Um, <laughs> Uh, in new research, scientists causally linked early salivary glands with what eventually became venom glands in many animals. So it's not that we're necessarily, like, on the path to evolving venom, but we have all the stuff in place that we would need to evolve to that
0: Okay. Point,
1: which is okay. something. Okay. Um, because saliva is the common thread, that means anyone with salivary glands could eventually develop venom from mice in this new experiment all the way up to humans. I Realizing now, this is the only time that they mention the mice, <laughs> so I don't actually know oh, what hell. they <laughs> did with them. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't think they, like, bred venomous mice or yeah, anything. I don't but know how you would do that. I don't know. Um, In this study, scientists from the Okinawa Institute of Science uh, Science and Technology Graduate University and the Australian National University sought to answer an old question in evolutionary biology. How did venom glands evolve in animals? The scientists studied the group of several thousand genes that are found to be expressed in tandem with venom release in animals with venom glands. Um, And they found that the same genes and physical mechanisms were at work in regular saliva glands in other animals. So basically, these same genes are present in us as well. Um, So the missing piece isn't in genes or mechanism, but in the special proteins that are being released in the venomous case. So the part that we haven't evolved is whatever causes those proteins to come into existence. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, so venom is such a big mystery because scientists haven't actually studied it much. And part of that is because hmm. venom is strangely both widespread and heterogeneous. Like, a lot of animals are venomous, but the ways that the venom presents is very different. Like, oh. among them, but, like, a lot of them have it. Um, Hmm. For example, while many snakes employ an oral venom system for securing prey, there are also mammals such as shrews that have evolved oral venom systems based on their salivary glands for prey capture or defense. Um, there's also like the platypus has those venomous spikes, like that weird animal. Um, yep. So there's just like a wide variety of animals that, that have venom. There's like all kinds of fish and stuff that have it too. Um, so the Fascinating. that widespread nature is one reason why a common genetic ancestor is so exciting. In this case, researchers highlighted the shared link between uh, mammals and reptiles specifically. So I guess I shouldn't have mentioned fish because they didn't technically find a commonality between venom in fish and venom in humans, but, or mammals. <laughs> yeah. I knew what you meant.
0: I knew what you meant. You know what I meant.
1: Yeah. Um, but knowing that it all goes back to early salivary glands means there's a better place to start exploring the commonalities as well as the differences. Um, so yeah, this is basically the point of the study was just, they were kind of establishing that we do in fact have some kind of shared genetic history with like venomous reptiles and that all stems from these salivary glands. And I think that's pretty cool.
0: So, it is. I'm, I'm now just imagining like, what, it, what would it be like if humans had venom? Like right? we wouldn't, what would you even do with it? Like, <laughs>
1: yeah, it seems like kissing would become very dangerous.
0: <laughs> well, what other human venom hurt other humans?
1: I don't know. Does other, like, snake venom hurt other snakes? I
0: don't know. (laughs) I honestly don't know the answer to that.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I don't actually know how, like, I don't know the mechanisms of how venom works, so I don't know, like, what about it makes it dangerous. And if, like...
0: I think they're all different.
1: Yeah, and if, but if, like, a species of the same, if something of the same species attacks something, if something of a species attacks something of the same species, (laughs) like, would it... To just not react to that venom because it already like produces it and knows how to deal with it. If I don't know. a
0: snake accidentally bites its lip, <gasps> what happens? Oh like, my gosh! If it inject, can a snake inject venom into itself by accident and hurt itself?
1: I wonder. I doubt it. That seems like that would. I feel like that would have come up before.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you think we would know? Maybe maybe they can, and we just don't know. Has anyone ever tried it? We don't know. Could look that up. That, this is such a good question. Like, yeah. If two black mamba snakes were together and one of them yeah. bit the other one, would it actually hurt? Because it's the same type of venom.
1: Right. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Okay, let's assume that it didn't hurt yeah. them. And humans had venom. But mm-hmm. it didn't hurt other humans, but it hurt, like, anything else. Yeah. Why would we need that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think... that's like the main issue with the idea of us evolving to have venom is like, there's no evolutionary, there's no like adaptation reason for us to need venom. Maybe we could like humans, like a bear if it was. Yeah. I was, I'm
0: thinking like, okay, if I was out in the woods, it would at least be some type of physical defense mechanism. Yeah. Which humans don't like have at all. All we have is our intelligence and our like ability To to use tools, to use tools. And I've also heard that, we have endurance. Like we can like run for a really long time, except most people nowadays don't have right. that because <laughs> we don't like practice speak it. Speak for yourself in like, <laughs> general human race. If like in general pe- people have the ability to like build up a really long like endurance, mm-hmm. which is technically considered like a natural defensive thing. Cause not right. all animals like have that.
1: I also feel like our teeth aren't really in any position for delivering venom currently.
0: We We've have got our like canines. canines,
1: but those really aren't like, sharp enough to
0: like but they could be i don't know (laughs) i don't know what i'm saying we're gonna evolve
1: fangs
0: (laughs) we will involve venom and the fangs together
1: i want to get venomous claws oh
0: wait that's cooler like retractable ones
1: yeah (laughs) Yeah.
0: like they come out of your head like they're like wolverine kind of like but they're also they're also venomous (laughs) i like that better than the teeth i like that
1: still just as unlikely to evolve okay
0: All right, it's time for breaking news, the part of the show where Anthony and I look up stories that just happened today or were just posted today, and we read them to you on the fly.
1: Semicolon, L, semicolon, semicolon. (laughs)
0: Ready, set, go! go! (laughs) Okay, this is from (laughs) Delish.com. Starbucks has an Earth Month game with more than two and a half million prizes up for grabs. That's a lot of
1: that's a lot of prizes it
0: is so you have to be a rewards member first, um, but that's free to join, but if you do that, um, it says there are more than again two point five million prizes up for grabs. Uh, the Starbucks Earth Month game combines an instant win game called Choice and Chance and a puzzle game called play and Plant. All the games rhyme
1: all right. <laughs> <laughs> Arguably, choice and chance isn't really a rhyme, but okay.
0: <laughs> no, I meant I meant I meant choice and chance rhymes with play and plant. It's gotcha. a soft <laughs> rhyme. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, the giveaways include a free non-dairy drink for specific, oh, okay. <laughs> money off <laughs> select food items and discounts on reusable merch. I don't know why I can't get through this without laughing. <laughs> Um, there's also a sweepstakes within the game featuring grand prizes, like non-dairy drinks from Starbucks for a year. They really want you to have yeah, the non-dairy they don't drinks. don't
1: get any dairy, apparently. Um,
0: because that's probably like their new items or like oat milk lattes or something. Mm. That's probably why. Oh, and I guess it's Earth Month themed. So we Is, don't, we don't I drink don't
1: dairy in, during Earth Month.
0: <laughs> I guess i have no idea um for the puzzle portion players will have the chance to vote on which tree restoration project starbucks will donate two hundred and fifty thousand trees to players can pick from four different projects habitats for biodiversity forest fire restoration clean water or climate stability hmm. and then there's some other games too that encourage sustainability i guess um
1: I always wonder why a company like Starbucks chooses among, cho- like they could definitely afford.
0: <laughs> like gi- all of them, to,
1: yeah. Just <laughs> I
0: don't them know all, all
1: the money. I don't know. Also, yeah, that's true. When you first said Starbucks and Earth, for some reason my brain immediately went to like some kind of Earth coffee that was just like dirt, like that just tasted like dirt, and I don't know why they well, would arguably. release that as a product.
0: <laughs> their coffee does taste like dirt. Oh, wow. No, I was, that's yeah. not true. That's not true. That I was just fair. trying to make a joke. This episode of no, to coffee is you coffee. Starbucks. <laughs> no, I like, I like, I like Starbucks drinks. Um, yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah, no. So this, this is just this game thing that you can play. If you go to Starbucks anyway, um, for the whole month of April, you can like get these discounts and prizes and stuff if you, if you do this. All right. Um, so yeah.
1: Seems like a good idea. Especially if you already drink it all the time. If you
0: already, yeah, if you're already going to Starbucks a lot, as a lot of people do, you you might as well uh, see if you can
1: uh, get some non dairy drinks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This is from the Mirror UK. Uh, It's the most popular baby names of 2021 so far. Oh. I love lists. Um, (laughs)
0: Lists, lists.
1: So I'm going to skip through. They talk at length about how Luna is the top name. Hmm. Um, and people speculate it's partially because of Chrissy Teigen naming, or Chrissy Teigen and John Legend naming their daughter Luna. But oh, that's all. I don't even know that. She's also like a couple of years old, so I don't really know. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so Arlo has become the most popular boy's name. Arlo? Arlo. Oh. A R L O. replacing last year's winner, Milo. Oh. So it went from my low to our low. <laughs> <laughs> it's really become more inclusive.
0: And next year it'll be YOLO.
1: YOLO. And then it'll you low. And I was gonna say YULO. Therlo. Therlo. low. There low.
0: There low. <laughs> Y'all low? Y'all
1: low. <laughs> Her low, his low. Anyway, uh, this has gone on long enough. Yeah. Um, there are uh, three other newcomers to the or I don't know if this is Luna might have already been on the list, but there are three newcomers to the girls' top ten list: Iris, Freya, and Hazel. Wow! Which yeah, those are nice.
0: Those are nice.
1: And Freya is you know you Freya got some is, North, um, North North <laughs> Norse mythology.
0: I was gonna say like I know that name from something. It's yeah. from Norse mythology. That's why, right? Because that was God the, of War also. <laughs> from God of War the game. Yeah, okay? <laughs> I'm like, where do I know that name? Um, yeah, those are pretty names.
1: And then. Um, Kai, Finn, Ezra, Rowan, and Jude are the new additions to the boys' list. Hmm. Um, they pointed out some of the names that have fallen off. Um, Oliver is one of the names that's fallen off the top ten of the boys, which is good because that's my cat's name, mm-hmm. and it's it's not a people name; it's a cat name. I'll just say that right <laughs> now. Um,
0: <laughs> I'm so sorry to any Oliver's listening
1: to this. <laughs> I'm not. Um, but yeah, top the top girl's name. I guess I'll just go down the list. Luna, Aurora, Maeve. Oh, which I have to wonder if that's Westworld inspired.
0: Oh,
1: yeah. Um, Isla, I S L A. Oh, okay. Uh, Eloise, Ava, Iris, Freya, Olivia, and Hazel. In the top boys' names are Arlo, Atticus, Kai, Finn, Milo, Silas, Leo, Ezra, Rowan, and Jude. I'm just like going through that list. Do I know a single person with any of those names? And I don't think I do.
0: I know someone named Finn. I guess I do too. That's the only one that I think out of that list. I know somebody. I don't think
1: I actually know anybody with any of these names. Uh, My eyes are hazel, uh, but that's not (laughs) anything. Uh,
0: (laughs) We know another cat named Atticus.
1: That's true. (laughs) Yeah, that's a cat name, not not a people <laughs> name. Get that off the list.
0: Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. That, that's always interesting to see that because there usually is like, at least in recent years, at least one of the names in there based off of like a TV show or some type of like right. like a pop culture kind of a thing, yeah. like TV or a movie or a game or something. Yep. Like when Game of Thrones was popular, a lot of people were naming Daenerys. their kids Daenerys was and really Arya. a
1: popular one, yeah, on Arya. Yeah. Which I actually like Arya a name. Daenerys. I like Arya, Daenerys too. is a little extra.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's a little specific, but Arya is just a nice, it's pretty a nice name, name. Yeah. I think.
1: Nobody's naming their kid Sansa, though.
0: Sansa? <laughs> <laughs> well, did you know that like Sansa is kind of, I don't know how it's spelled, but in Italian it means like without or something? Like sons of something, without something. It's not good. good. It's just not good all around.
1: (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Anyway.
0: All right. That's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday. And as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description.
1: You can subscribe to Knickknack News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. And you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash News, on Twitter at at News, and on Instagram at
0: NickNackNews. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.